Masechet Kiddushin, Daf Ayin He. Tenor Banan. Ben Tesha Shanim V'yom Echad. Ger, Amoni, Moavi, Misri, Ba'adomi, Kuti, Venatin, Chalal, Umamzer. Shabao Al HaKohenet, Ba'al HaLeviya, Ba'abat Yisrael, Pesaluha. This Braita teaches that a boy or man who is nine years old and up, if he is less than nine years old and he has relations with some woman, it's not considered a legal act if he's less than nine. So all these have to be he's, that he's more than nine in a day. And this will include all of these uh, uh, flaws. If the guy is a uh, convert from an Ammoni uh, or a convert from a Moavi or from Misri or from Adomi, all these types of converts, or if he's a Samaritan or a Natin or he himself is a Halal, a disqualified Kohen, or he is a Mamzer. And she and this guy, any of these flaws, has relations with a kosher woman, whether she's Kohenet, Leviyah, or Bat Yisrael, doesn't matter. This will cause her to be pasul to marry a Kohen in the future. That would mean that if the, they, these guys had relations or married or not didn't marry or just had relations, um, and then the guy died, and if they were married, then she would be a widow. A widow can marry a Kohen, but because she had relations with these these flawed people that causes her to be in the category of a zona. Uh, a zona meaning um, is not, not just promiscuous, but that she engaged in some prohibited relations. Um, all these people are prohibited to marry a kosher person. So once she engages in this prohibited marriage, uh, then that causes her to be a, uh, to be a prohibited to marry a Kohen afterwards. That is the opinion of Tanakama. We're going to see two more opinions that seem very similar, but there are subtle differences. Rabbi Yosei says, if you want to know whether the widow um, uh, or, the, or the woman engaged in any of these relations will herself become Pesula Kohen, first you have to check the child of that relationship. If this relationship will produce a child who himself is pasul to be with a Kohen, then the widow also will be pasul to a Kohen. But if the relationship produces a kosher child, then the widow was permitted to marry a uh, marry a Kohen. That's the Biosa's definition. It has to be something that will be inheritable. Okay, and this uh, Rabbi Yosef makes no distinction between a boy or girl child. The third opinion, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Kol she'ata nose bito, ata nose almanato, v'chol she'i ata nose bito, i ata nose almanato. Rashbag says that only if the daughter uh, has a problem. So any of these prohibited relationships, any of these people who marry who, with a flaw, who marries any of these people that are kosher, if we, if they're, if you can marry the daughter, 
then the almana also can marry a kohen. If a kohen can marry the daughter, the, daughter, the a kohen could marry the almana. But if the daughter becomes prohibited to marry a kohen, then the almana will have the same status. So he says it has to be particularly the daughter and not the son. So now we're going to see what's the difference um, in practical cases between these three opinions. Between the first, first two Tanakhama Rabbi Yoseh, what would be a difference? If you have a an Egyptian convert and then his child is now a second generation Egyptian convert, it's still prohibited. That there, If he has a child, in turn, that would be a third generation Egyptian convert that is permitted to marry into the Kahal. So, a Misri Shani marries a kosher woman. That's a prohibited relation that um, uh, is, is is problematic. Does she become, now he dies, and um, she becomes an almana. Can she marry a Kohen? According to Tanakh Kama, she cannot marry a Kohen um, because she engaged in a prohibited relation. She is now called Zona, and so she cannot marry a Kohen. Rabbi Yosef, however, says, wait, we have to look at the children. Since this guy is a second generation Egyptian, Although he's prohibited from marrying Kahal, his child will be permitted to marry into Kahal, even a Kohen. And therefore, um, uh, this, since the child can marry a Kohen, the widow can marry a Kohen. So we see that Rabbi Yosef is uh, a slightly more lenient um, in this regard. Okay, so now we understand the difference between Tanakama and the Biyoseh. These two opinions, although they differ um, in their exact definition, they both derive their law from Kohen Gadol and an Almana. We're going to see in a couple of the from now that Kohen Gadol Almana is the paradigm because it says Velo Yechalel. Um, so that's where we learn in general the laws that um, the uh, an almana becomes uh, uh, becomes prohibited to marry a kohen in the future if she engages in a prohibited relationship. So since that's the paradigm of it, so both of them are going to learn it from there, but we're going to focus on different aspects of the kohen gadol ba'almana. The Tanakama sabat ki kohen gadol ba'almana. My kohen gadol ba'almana shibiyato ba'avera uposel ba. Av kol shibiyato ba'avera posel. Tanakama says that we don't care about the children. It doesn't matter if a child produces a child that's good or bad. We just look at her herself. And just like a Kohen Gadol Amana, just when a Kohen Gadol marries an Amana and they have Biat, marries or has Biat together, uh, that's sinful because they're not allowed to be together. It causes her to be um, a, a, a cause her to be Pistulan. She cannot marry a Kohen after that, even if uh, her first husband dies. So, too, anytime there's a Biat that's prohibited. That's going to make her her prohibited, and therefore we look at the uh, second generation Egyptian himself. He himself is prohibited, and therefore she becomes uh, this is a prohibited marriage, and therefore she becomes pesula. I also think it's like Kohen Gadol Bamana. But look over there. Uh, in the Kohen they and they have a child, right? They get together and they have a child. So that child cannot marry Kehuna. So, uh, so too, anyone who has a child who is pasul, will cause the widow to be posel. Just like in Almana, they have a, a child that's pasul, and the widow is, is pas, pasula as well. So, but it has to be a case where there's a child 
who was pasul afuke mesishanish and zado pasul damar kerabanim asher and that excludes a second generation Egyptian because their child is kosher. As the Pasuk says, the children that are born to them in the third generation can already um, marry into the, into, the, into the kahal, can even marry a kohen, and therefore the, uh, the, um, the, his wife, uh, the second generation Mitzdi's wife, one, if 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 he dies, not if divorced, because divorced, any divorcee cannot marry any Kohen. Uh, but if he dies, she can marry a Kohen afterwards. Even though she engaged in a prohibited relationship, doesn't matter. We don't call that a zona prohibited according to the Biyose, because we only look at, does it have an effect on the child? Then it has an effect on the wife, and here it does not have an effect on the child. Rabashbag says only Almana will only become prohibited if a daughter if they if when they have a daughter she becomes prohibited. But if it's just a son that becomes prohibited, then that's okay. We don't care about what happens to the to a son, only about a daughter. Will be a case that the Biosen Rashbag would have make a distinction. Oh, a if a ger um, from an from an amoni or moavi um, marries a, one a kosher woman. Now, um, if they have a boy. That boy is no good, um, uh, uh, right? Because uh, Amoni says Amoni velo mo Amonit, Moavi velo Moavit. So only male converts are prohibited forever, and uh, fem- but female converts from these nations are permitted, even the first generation. Therefore, if a convert from who's Amoni or Moavi goes ahead and has a child with a kosher woman, now that relationship is prohibited. Does she become prohibited to marry a Kohen after? Well, according to the B'yose, let's see. Do they produce a child that's no good? Well, if they have a boy, that boy is going to be also have a flaw. And therefore, yes, according to the B'yose, the just as the son has a flaw, therefore the widow also will be prohibited to a Kohen. Whereas, according to Rashbag, he says, I don't care if the boy inherits a flaw, I only care if a daughter inherits the flaw. In this case, if they have a daughter, that daughter is completely kosher. That's a child of a ger, uh, amoni, but we say amoni veloma amonit, so that's totally fine. So since the daughter is kosher, therefore the almana also will be kosher to marry a kohen. And here too, shnehem loli medua Since kohen gadol is the paradigm, so both of them are going to compare it, learn it from a kohen gadol with an almana. As follows, the Rebbe says, "Saban ki kohen gadol ma'amana, ma kohen gadol ba'amana shezar o pasul uposel, av kol shezar o pasul posel." The Rebbe says, "As before, learns it from kohen gadol ma'amana, just as over there, their child is uh, pasul as 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 a kohen. So and uh, and she also, the widow becomes pa, uh, is pasul pisula. Um, so too, any case where." Uh, a relationship will produce a child that's unfit, so too the uh, widow will be unfit.
He also thinks it's a, he derives it like Kohen Gadol Mana. My Kohen Gadol Mana shekol zar'o pasul, af shekol shekol zar'o pasul, afilu nekevot. He says it has to be exactly the same, just as regarding a Kohen Gadol and Amana, where all of their offspring, boys and girls, become unfit, so too in any case where there's a prohibited relationship such that both their boys and girls, even girls, become unfit, then that that widow will be prohibited. And this um, uh, definition will exclude a convert from Amoni or Moavi nations uh, where their daughters are okay to uh, can marry. So there was, these, this case is not the same. Since why can their daughters mar- marry? Because we have a derasha. Only a male Amoni and not female, not only Moavi and, Moav, and not Moavit. This is important because of Ruta Moaviyah, who uh, is the um, uh, ancestor of David Amelech. And so you can't say David Amelech is flawed. So therefore, uh, it has to be that Moavir applies only to males and not to females. And therefore, it's not exactly the same as Kohen Gadol. And so Kohen Tadashbag, the widows in such cases would be permitted to marry a Kohen. So far, we've been dealing cases with a woman who marries someone who's definitely flawed. But what about if he is a Safek? whether he is flawed or not. Amar Rav Chista, HaKol modim ba'almanat isa shepesula lichuna. Rav Chista says everyone agrees that an almana from an isa, a dough meaning like someone of a mixture that we're not sure is he a halal or not. He's safek halal. That also will cause her to be uh, prohibited to a Kohen. So Rav Chista says everyone agrees to that, meaning all the three Tanaim that we just mentioned would agree to this. Man mekel behana tana'eh. Among these three Tanaim, who is the most lenient? Rabban Shabbat Gamliel. He is the most, he's the most lenient. He says only if a daughter, then uh, the, uh, is, is pesula, then the Amana will be pesula. And let's see, what would he say about this? He said that if you could marry, if a Kohen could marry the daughter, then he could marry the Almana. And if you can't marry the daughter, you can't marry the Almana. Why do you have to add these, these uh, words over here? And anyone who not, who is it coming to? exclude that they're prohibited is coming to exclude a um almana who was married to a um a safek halal that she also is pisula lekehuna so even rashbag who is the most lenient of the three would say that a amanat isa is prohibited to a kohen so to marry Kohen, therefore all the more so the other Tanaim. And that's what Avchista meant, Hakol Modim. Now even though he says Hakol Modim, he can't literally mean everybody in the world, because if everybody agreed to this, why would he need to say it? So who is he excluding? Someone not in this, not in the Bava Braita, but rather someone else. Lapuke Mehane Tanae. He's coming to exclude the following Tana in the Mishnah in Eduyot Itnan. He's coming to exclude these two Tanaim, Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yehuda ben Betera, who say that Almana, who was married to a Safek Halal, 
can marry a Kohen. It's okay. Now, why you say why? Why don't you say it's a Sefek and also she cannot? It's a double Sefek. Now, what's the double Sefek here? The Yishonim have a lot of answers to this. Some of them create a double Sefek uh, um, uh, case. Um, uh, Rashi says, no, even though if he, he is only one Sefek, somehow when it gets transferred to her, it becomes a Sefek Sefeka. He is a Sefek, um, that we understand, but who says that it should transfer uh, over to her? Which part of his Sefek is going to transfer over to her? So somehow... Um, and along the uh, along the way becomes a sefek sefeka according to Yoshua and Biuda. There's a lot more to analyze exactly which cases that would apply to. But now we go on. Vadaan bevadaan mutar. Amar Rav Yehuda. Amar Rav Halachai. Rabbi Eliezer. In the Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer was much more was very machmir about sefek mamzer. And he said, oh, a, a 100% mamzer can marry another definite mamzer. That's fine. But if someone is a safek mamzer, they cannot marry a not a for sure mamzer. They can't even marry another safek mamzer um, because maybe this safek is a mamzer and that other safek is not a mamzer. And anyone who has a possibility of being a mamzer cannot marry someone who has a possibility of being of not or being kosher. Okay, and Rav says, Halachaz like Rabbi Eliezer, Rav is very machmir here. So when this was said in front of Shemuel, Shemuel said, I have a tradition from Hillel. Hillel said that 10 different categories of lineage came from Bavel, and they all can marry each other. Anyone can marry each other. Now the question is, what did he? What, what does this mean? Anyone can marry each other? A Kohen can marry a Mamzer? I mean, this can't be quite literal. So uh, we have to interpret this to mean that Hillel meant that all the kosher people can marry each other and the flawed people can marry each other. But certainly it's going to include that a Safek Mamzer, like a Shituki or a Sufi, can marry a Mamzer and uh, Safek Mamzerim can, can marry each other, like two Asufim can marry each other. Certainly Hillel is including that, right? Or whatever, however exactly you, you however exactly you interpret Hillel's statement. Well something interesting is what's the relationship between this statement that Shmuel quotes the name of Hillel and our Mishnah, because our Mishnah says something uh, exactly quite similar. Um, it says ten came from uh, from Bavel, and then it defines which categories can ma- can marry each other. It seems that Shmuel might be quoting something a pre Mishnah, a, a, a tradition. Um, that is the, even the source of our Mishnah, it's from Hillel, it's even earlier. Okay, anyway, Shemuel uh, certainly permits, and is quoting Hillel, permitting a Safek Mamzer to marry a Mamzer. So, how could you say that Al-Khazlak Rabbi Eliezer if Hillel says otherwise? Okay, so that's a machlok between Rav, who is Mahmir, and Shemuel, who is lenient regarding this. But now we have a question. Rav seems to contradict something else. He says, and so does Shemuel, Titmar, Arusa Shelibera. We have a woman who is an Arusa, and now she's pregnant. Before the marriage, this is not good. What do we do with this child? Rav Rav says we have to assume that this child was not from the Arus, 
and therefore is a mamzer, even though they're not fully married yet, doing kiddushin is sufficient that if she has adultery, the child will be a mamzer. So he said, Rav says, it's a definite mamzer. Shmuel Amad Havalat Shituki. Shmuel says, it's a safek mamzer. Shituki, we don't know who the father is. Now, Rav Amad Havalat Mamzer Umutab Mamzeret. If you say the according to Rav, saying a mamzer means that that child will be is permitted to marry a mamzeret. So you see, even though we actually don't know who the father is, so it's really a safek mamzer. Rav is being lenient and saying this safek mamzer can marry a definite mamzer. That's against Rav because Rav says halachas like Rabbi Eliezer, and they really shouldn't be allowed because this kid we don't know who the father is. It's really it should be a safek and shouldn't be allowed to marry a full mamzer. So that's one contradiction. Shmuel Maravalat Shituki Vasubem Mamzeret. Shmuel by saying is a Shituki means a Safek Mamzer. We don't know who this is, and so therefore cannot marry a definite Mamzer. Shmuel's being stringent in this case, which is the opposite of what he said before, where he was lenient. So how are we going to solve this problem? We're going to see a couple of ways to solve it. The first one is Ipuch. Rav Amad Havalat Shituki Ushmuel Amad Havalat Mamzer. Rav said we have to switch the opinions around in this statement here regarding the Arusa. In fact, Rav was the one that said that the child is Shituki Safek and therefore problematic, cannot marry a Mamzer. And Shumel is the one that said no, it's a definite Mamzer. It's, tre- it's treated like a definite, mam- definite Mamzer even though Safek and therefore can marry a definite Mamzer is the lenient position. Okay, now that we got, we solved that problem, that only produces a different problem. If Rav is uh, saying the same thing, why does he have to say it twice? The, see, you're, 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 we have a problem either way. If the two statements contradict, why do they contradict? If they don't contradict, why do you repeat yourself? Okay, so we have to explain. We actually need, Rav needed to say it in both cases. If Rav only said a statement, in the, in the Mishnah, where that's talking about a single woman, I would have said that Rav said that, uh, that, that law regarding single woman, because most people in the world, most men, and in the world are per would uh, permitted to her and therefore it's very likely that if she had a child as uh, she is a single a single woman has a child it's very likely that the child is kosher since it's very likely a child is kosher so we can't allow even though it is a sum safek we can't allow her to marry a definite mamzer so that's where Rav would say no she can't ma- cannot marry a definite mamzer but in the second statement regarding an arusa where Everybody in the world, except for her arus, is prohibited to her. So there, it's it's uh, it's like ninety nine point nine nine percent chance that the father would be someone prohibited to her, and therefore it is a mamzed. Maybe I, I would have thought that I would agree with Shemuel that that safek that kind of sefer can marry a definite mamamzer. And therefore, we need Rav to say his halacha in the second one, um, that he disagrees there too. V'yet ma'behach, and if you only had the Rav's statement in the second one regarding arusa, there I would say maybe Rav is stringent there because, well, who's the most likely to person to be the father? Even though there's only one person she's permitted to, that's her arus. She's engaged to that person, so it's likely that, uh, you know, they uh, jumped the gun and they had a child before the wedding. 
writing, but it's probably his, which means it's not a mamzer. Um, so therefore, it's more likely it's not a mamzer. That's where Rav says, be stringent. That kid, although he's a safek, is most likely kosher, cannot marry a definite mamzer. But in the case of uh, someone who's, uh, who's not, not, not arusa at all, a single woman, uh, where we have no idea who the father is, and uh, that's more likely that it, more likely than the one person who's narus, more likely that it's a problematic person. Could be a different mamzed. It could be a. It could be that she was the father is a mamzed or a, or a relative, and so maybe there I would have thought he agrees with Shemuel that that person is more like a definite mamzed and can marry a definite mamzed, and that's why Rav has to teach us also, in that case, that he is stringent. Good. That's all one way to resolve the contradiction, and then by by switching them around. Oh, you know what? Don't switch them around. I can still resolve it. When Rav says that the child that is produced from this woman who's an Arusa is a Mamzer, he didn't mean that that's a Mamzer such that the kid can marry a Mamzeret. No, it's still going to be prohibited because it's a fake Mamzeret and he follows the Beeliezer. What he meant is simply that the, that child, is, since it's a fake Mamzeret, cannot marry a kosher person. And Shemuel says the child is called a Shetuki and also is prohibited to Bat Israel. So now this seems like they're saying the same thing. So when, why, why they have a Machloket? In fact, Shemuel is simply adding another law um, that, what is Shetuki? That we say, quiet, you can't marry a Kohen. So just letting you know, not only is this child from this Arusa, a a, uh, a mamzer such that it's a safek mamzer, but still cannot marry a, a kosher bat Israel. Also, cannot marry a kohen. Now we ask peshita. Isn't that obvious? If we silence him, we prohibited from marrying kosher Israelite. All the more so, we're going to uh, prohibit him from marrying a from prohibiting that child from marrying a kohen. So what do we even need to say it? Shetuke oh, means that we quiet him or push him away from be inheriting from his so-called father. Um, I mean, the assumption is most likely the father is the Arus. Um, and so this kid is going to grow up and so one day he's going to and he's going to come and say I want to claim my inheritance we say wait who are you right there's no you the uh, you they, your parents weren't married yet there's no proof that you that your father that your mother's mother's husband the Arus at that time is your father. Sorry, you cannot get an inheritance. We ask Peshita. That's also obvious, right? Let the kid prove that this is his father. Otherwise, he can't get it. Right? Does anybody know who the father is? We should, he should be able to claim it. Oh, it's adding another, yet another halacha. Shemuel had all this in mind. That's talking about the Tafas. That this kid went and grabbed something from the father's uh, property and claimed it, I, I, I deserve it, it's, in, it's my inheritance. Now, that father has other kids that are legitimate proven children, so um, to, uh, they, they can come and say, no, you stole this, stu- this stuff, yeah, you have to give it back to us. That Shituki kid can't say, oh, you prove that I'm not 
um, uh, my, uh, the, your father's child and then take it away from me. No, even if he grabs it, he has no right to it. That's just stealing and we got it and he has to give it back. So that's what Shituki means that we do not assume that the Arus is necessarily the father. Or another way to explain the word Shituki in the Rav in Shemuel's statement, According to Shemuel, he reads Shituki like Beduki, and that we ask the mother, uh, this is the Arusa mother, um, who's, who's the father? If she says it was a kosher person, then that's okay. We be- then we believe her, and the child will be fine. So that's a, a major leniency that we believe her, as, as, as opposed to Rav, this is a really substantive difference in their halacha. Rav says, we don't ask her. We don't care what she says. She's not going to be credible. The kid is going to be a safek mamzer. Now, Kiman, who is Shemuel followed that he reads Shituki as biduki, that he has a possibility of getting out of the situation if the mother says so. If you say that Shemuel said it means Beduki, and so who is he following? He's following Rabban Gamliel. Shemuel already said one time that he follows Rabban Gamliel in precisely this matter. As we said, we quoted this yesterday, uh, the Mishnah in Kitubot says if a woman is pregnant, a married woman, and she said, and we ask her, what's the deal with this kid? Who's the father? And she says, it's this guy, and he's kosher. There's a, you know, an unflawed lineage. Could even be with the Kohen. Um, Rabban Shimon and Rabbi Eliezer say she is believed. That's the same as Beduki. Rabbi Yoshua says not believed. And Shemuel says halacha is like Rabban Gamliel. So why would Shemuel have to t- say this statement over here um, if he already said halacha is like Rabban Gamliel? And the answer is I need it because if I only had the statement of over here in the, in the Mishnah in Ketubot, that's a case of an unmarried woman where most of the world is permitted to her. There's only a few people, other mamzerim or father, her brother, that would be prohibited, that would cause a mamzer. And so in that case, I'm, I might think that Shemuel says, uh, we believe her because most uh, most likely uh, the kid is kosher, so therefore we could believe her. But here, in a case of an arusa, where everyone in the world except this one, except the arus, is prohibited to her and would produce a mamzed, maybe we could not believe her in, uh, in that case. So therefore, Shemuel says also the statement to say, even in the arusa's case, she is in fact credible. We next come to the matter of Kutim Samaritans marrying each other. Tanya vechen Rabbi El Azar Omer Kuti lo yisa kutit. A male Kuti cannot marry a female Kuti. My Tama, what is the reason for this? I mean, they're whatever they are. They're the same status. So um, are they not Jewish? Well, then that's no problem. Are they Jewish, but they don't have uh, the proper marriage laws and they're from a mamzerim? Okay, so mamzerim can marry each other, right? What is their status exactly is a big confusion. Of course, historically, these are remnants of the northern ten tribes, but they got mixed up with people that came from other countries that the Assyrians came brought in and mixed up. 
And we're going to see an important machloket about whether they converted to Judaism, converted properly, converted improperly, um, and whether they kept the laws and what and how how did they keep them? Okay, so what is the reason that a kuti cannot marry a kuti? Tamar of Yosef asauhu keged laachad asara dorot detanya ged ad asara dorot mutabem mamzeret mekan veelach. Asur b'mamzeret. They said the status of the Samaritans are like a convert after ten, ten generations. Um, a convert uh, has has uh, has laws like a, a convert can marry a mamzer, um, but until when? Like you know, uh, 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 how long? Um, everybody probably has some convert if you go back far enough. Um, so what does that mean? When does it end? So Rav Yosef says, after 10 generations, that's it. The conversion status ends. Uh, someone who converts can marry a mamzer. The convert status continues on to someone's children. It's inheritable status. And so that the, the child can still, still marry a mamzer. How long are they considered a family of mams, uh, of gerim? Is until ten, 10 generations. The Samaritans, um, wherever they're from, and if they are convac converts, this has happened a long time ago, back in the time of the first Bet Mikdash. So they are like now after ten generations. Um, so uh, and anyone any convert before ten generations is permitted to marry mamzeret, and after that cannot marry mamzeret, and therefore if if you have a Samaritan guy, and so we consider him like, yeah, even if he, you consider him a convert, now it's already after, way after, 10 generations, and therefore cannot marry a mamzeret. And uh, so that's why he cannot marry a, a Samaritan, because maybe the Samaritan woman is kind of like a mamzeret, and he is not. We're going to ask this question in a minute. But this is the idea that um, if they were all considered like converts right now, then fine, a convert can marry Mamzeret. But a Samaritan is out of the um, out of the realm of con- of convert because it happened a long time ago. Another opinion in the Braita says it's not ten generations, but when the Id- idol worship that they had is forgotten, could be more than ten, it could be less than ten. The idea is that when someone points to this family, if they're still saying, oh yeah, I know they came from that Abu uh, Dazara, if they still remember that, then it's no good. But once it's uh, forgotten that they came from, uh, that they had Abu Dazara in this family, then uh, they are uh, part of regular Israel and can no longer mar- marry a Mamzer. Therefore, the Samaritans, um, a Samaritan guy, we're going to say, he is already out of the out of the realm of being a ged, and therefore cannot marry a mamzer. So we are afraid that the uh, the, the the female, or they could be switched around, male female, one of them is a mamzer, and the other one is not. So that's why it's not allowed. says, no, this answer does not make sense. Because over there, the law of the Ged is talking about a Ged from a long time ago is not allowed to marry a Mamzeret, that's now. Um, because then uh, people don't remember that this person is even a Ged, happened so long ago, 10 generations ago. So people looking at it and say, well, it seems like a Jew is marrying a Mamzeret. So that's why it's not allowed after it's forgotten. But here, the Samaritans are the same. Whatever you want to say about them, it's after 10, let's say they're, you're saying it, they're like after 10 generations. So the guy is a, mem- a Samaritan, the, fe- the woman is a Samaritan. So then they're both the same as each other. 
Um, and therefore, it's not like you can't consider them, oh, it's 10 generations later, so then they're like a regular Jew. Oh, but they still have a status of, of a mamzer because they come from, became from a, a Samaritan before that. Whatever they are, they are the same. If you're going to say, say that a Samaritan can, uh, cannot marry a mamzer uh, because they're a regular Jew, then they should be able to marry each other. Rather, a second explanation of Rabbi El Azar's statement. Um, this is said by Ravdimi when he came from Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi El Azar agrees with Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Ishmael himself agrees with Rabbi Akiva. Regarding the following laws, Rabbi Ishmael Sabai like Rabbi Ishmael, the Madkutim get Arayotem. Rabbi Elazar agrees with Rabbi Ishmael that says the the Kutim Samaritans are converts by force of lions. Historian Sefer Melachim says that when uh, Ashur came, mixed up all different uh, uh, populations and kicked out many of the northern tribes and brought other people in. The other people were doing Abu in the land of Israel, and that's not good because uh, they're not following the local proper laws. And so lions came to attack them, and then they said, "Uh oh," because they thought they're not pacifying the local god. These were polytheists that believed that each land has a different god. And so they brought back some uh, um, Kohanim to teach them Torah so that they could follow uh, Hashem's law. So they were converts, but they only did it out of fear of lions, and therefore they're invalid converts, basically saying, according to the Bishmel convert, the Kutim are not Jews. And Bishmael, in this matter, we're going to see Rabbi Akiva disagrees with Rabbi Ishmael on this very thing about the about the Kutim. Okay, but that's uh, not, not for now. Um, Rabbi Ishmael agrees with Rabbi Akiva on the different point that a non-Jew or an Eved Kena'ani that has relations with a kosher Jew, the child, the resulting child, is a Mamzer. Therefore, the Kutim are like Nochrim because their, their, their conversion was not valid. And that's why the child is a mamzer. And that's why a Kohen cannot marry, a Samaritan cannot marry another Samaritan, because um, the Samaritans are actually a mixture of Jews and not, not Jews. Um, the ones that came from other places are not part of the Bidit, and, and their conversion was invalid conversion. But there were also, in fact, B'nai Israel that got mixed up with them. So therefore, they're a mixture of Jews and non-Jews. And when they, um, uh, uh, and, and uh, therefore, um, their children are going to be Mamzerim. And so you have, uh, some of them are Jews, some of them are not Jewish, some of them are Mamzerim, and therefore they cannot marry each other. Okay, that's the second answer. But then we reject this. Can you say Rabbi Ishmael agrees with Rabbi Akiba regarding the marriage laws that a Jew and a not Jew have a child, have, uh, the child is a mamzer? Look at what Rabbi Ishmael said. How do we know that? A non-Jew or Evid Kanani that has a, a, a that has relations with a kosher Jewish woman, whether she's Kohenet Levia or Bat Yisrael, that she, that woman, becomes pesula. She cannot marry a Kohen. This is the main point of the proof. So it doesn't say that she becomes a mamzer. At, uh, 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 that the children are mamzerim, it only says that she cannot marry a kohen. Um, so how do we know that? Because a pasuk says about kohen, if if she marries 
uh, she marries someone and then she she marries Israel and then she becomes an Amana um, uh, and she has no children she goes back to her father's house and can eat Tiruma again so we learn from that that someone who has is within the realm of Almanut and Gerushin marriage laws apply to her then that person can go back and uh, she can go back and eat Tiruma but if she was with a non-Jew uh, then a Bat Kohen who's with, who's with a non-Jew or an Eved and uh, has relations with him that she cannot go back and eat Tiruma that's it she lost her ability to eat Turuma ever after. So now, uh, that's, we quote the whole thing, here's the pain point of the proof. If Yishmael agreed with Rabbi Akiva, then he wouldn't say over here, Pesaluha, would you say Pesaluha? She's a, the child will be a Mamzer from them. It's much much worse than just disqualifying her from marrying a Kohen. So you see from here that Rabbi Ishmael does not agree with Rabbi Akiva that the union of a, a child of a Jew and a non-Jew produces a mamzer. And therefore that can't be the reason of Rabbi Al-Azad for, for not allowing a kuti and kutit. Rather, a modification of the previous one. Ela Rabbi Elazar savalar kerbi Ishmael. Rather, Rabbi Elazar agrees with Rabbi Ishmael. That's the same as before. The Amar Kutim get out ayoten. They're not not the Kutim are not Jewish because the conversion is based on fear. Vesavalar kerbi Akiva. The Amar nochri veebed aba alabat Yisrael havalad mamzer. And it's not Rabbi Ishmael that agrees with Rabbi Akiva, but rather Rabbi Elazar himself that agrees with Rabbi Akiva. That's fine. Even though Rabbi Ishmael would not agree with Rabbi Akiva regarding this point of marriage, Rabbi Elazar can pick and choose because he could say, I agree with Rabbi Ishmael regarding the Kutim, that they're not Jewish, and I can agree with Rabbi Akiva that a Jew and a non-Jew that get married are the child that have a child, the child is a mamzer, and that's the reason why a kutit cannot marry a kutit because they're all mixed up. There's some Jews in there, and there's also some mamzerim in there, and therefore they cannot marry each other. And we say, Hold on, Rabbi Elazar doesn't agree with Rabbi Akiva either. Rabbi Elazar himself said that uh, although Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel disagree regarding Sarot, that's the case of Sarat Habat, if uh, someone is married to multiple women, one of them being his niece, and then he dies without children, so then the surviving brother, who happens to be the, the father of, the, of one of the wives, uh, obviously cannot do Yibum. question is, do you have to do Chalisa or not? That's the machloka between Bet, Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. Um, uh, is, um, can he do uh, Yibum or does he do Chalisa with any of the other wives? Okay, so that's a big machloka. So even though they disagree on, on that case, agree that a mamzer only results from uh, someone that's uh, from a, a relationship that's isur arva and has karet. Now, a Jew and a non-Jew is not karet and therefore would not produce a mamzer. So you see that Rabbi Elazar does not agree with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is the most stringent about producing mamzerin and Rabbi Elazar is less stringent. He follows only karet. And um, therefore, that can't be the answer either. 
אלא כי אתה רבין אמר רבי חייא בר אבא אמר רבי יוחנן ואמרי לה אמר רבי אבא בר זבדה אמר רבי חנינה ואמרי לה אמר רבי יעקב בר אידיב אמר רבי יהושע בן נבי. אוקיי, different opinions about who said the following statement but here it is, שלוש מחלוקות בדבר. In fact, there are three different reasons why רבי אלעזר would say that a kuti cannot marry a kutit and any of these, depending on which one you want to agree with, can apply. Here's the first one. Rabbi Shmel Sabar, Kutim Gere Areoten, Vekohanim Shintmu Bahem Kohanim Pesulim Hayu, Shenemar Vayasu Bahem Iksotam Kohane Bamot, Vamada Babar Barhana, Amar Biochanan, Mina Kosim Shabaam, Mishum Hachi Paslinhu. So back to Rabbi Shmel, he thinks that the Kutim are, are forcibly, uh, were forcibly converted, and therefore not, not valid conversion. So the Kutim themselves are not Jewish. And now there were Kohanim, as we said, right, they brought back some Kohanim. Who had been exiled to teach them the laws, these Kohanim that got mixed up with them are no good. They're Kohanim Pesulim. Now, they are Jewish, but they're unfit to be Kohanim um, because the Pasuk says that some of them were Kohane Bamot, Kohanim of high places. Now, what do you mean, some of them? Mixotam. So, the play on words, Min HaKotsim, the thorns among them, uh, they, meaning the disqualified among them. So, these Kohanim came from disqualified, fam- problematic families with Mamzer or whatever other problems they had. And so now you have Samaritans or a mixture of non-Jews and Kohanim. Some of them are Mamzerim or other disqualifications. And that's why um, Samaritans cannot marry each other because they're a mixture of Jews and non-Jews and, and Mamzerim. And that is why um, the sages disqualified them and said that the Samaritans uh, cannot marry uh, other Samaritans. That's one opinion. Second opinion. Rabbi Akiva Sabar. Kutim gere emeten vekohanim shintmeu behen kohanim kesherim ayu shneemar vayasu lehem mixotam kohanim bamot. Rabbi Akiva amazingly says the opposite of Ishmael that kutim are true converts even though they may have uh, what prompted them in the first place might have been lions but in the end the, the conversion was a valid conversion. They came and they committed to Judaism and so they, so Kutim, therefore, are Jewish. The Kohanim that among them that uh, that, that joined in with them are kosher Kohanim. Amazing thing that the Samaritans, even though they have very different laws and all that, they are valid Kohanim. As it says, he quotes the same pasuk that some of them were Kohane Bamot. Um, but here, Rabbi Barchanan interprets that to mean the opposite. Not that they're flawed, but rather the best. They are the the chosen ones, the upper echelon of the people that uh, were the Kohanim in, in, in the people. Um, okay, so now everything seems to be good. So what's the problem? So why should Samaritans be prohibited from marrying other Samaritans? It's because they had a different uh, interpretation of when the law of Yibum applies. The rabbis say that Yibum applies whether the man and woman were Nisuot or Arusot. Either case, if they are Arusot or Nisuot and the man dies without children, she cannot go and marry anybody else. She has to do until she does either Yibum or Chalitza with 
either the Arus or her husband. That's the rabbinic law. However, the Samaritans say that they you do Yibum only if they're uh, from an Arusa, Arusa and Arusa, when he dies without children, then they do it. But if they're fully married, Nisuot, you do not do it. Where do they get that from? Why would they say that you don't do Yibum in a case of uh, when they're married? Um, because the Pasuk says um, the the widow should not be Hachutza Le'ishzad. We say it means that the widow should not marry out a stranger, only the Yavam. But they interpret it to mean taking Hachutza as an adjective of the wife. We're saying a wife that's an outsider, meaning they're not yet married, they're only engaged, cannot be with a foreigner. So this Allah only applies to an Eshetamet Hachutza, someone who, a, a, a wife who is not yet a wife, uh, meaning someone who is Arusa. What leads them to read it this way, besides the fact that, you know, I could, I guess, could be read as an adjective, the main reason that's leading them is because of the prohibition, the incest prohibition of a woman to be with her brother-in-law. According to rabbinic interpretation, we say that the um, the case of Yibum is an exception to the law. In general, um, if a woman is with her husband's brother, that's ad erva, and even if they're after the husband is dead, if they have children, um, it's that's uh, also it's also erva or get divorced still erva for forever. Um, so that's a general rule. The rabbis say, oh, except in the case of yibum. But the Samaritans say, what do you mean exception? Once a certain relationship is erva, it's erva no matter what. Therefore, it can't be that it's talking about a case when they're already married. Rather, they say only if it's um, uh, arusa and they didn't have relations yet, so they didn't create a prohibition yet according to them, and so Yibum only applies to an, an Arus and Arusa. So, right, so they interpret Hachusa to mean that which is, she who is still outside, she cannot be be with another man until she does Yibum and Chalitza with her, with her brother-in-law, future brother-in-law, um, but the one that is outside, the, uh, but the one that's not outside, meaning someone who's fully married, fully married couple, the guy dies without children, she does, no, no, there's no need to do Yibum, in fact, you can't do Yibum, and no need to do Chalitza, she can go marry out. Therefore, since the Samaritans follow this opinion, they will have lots of cases where you have someone fully married and the husband dies and she does not do yibum or chalitza. Instead, she goes and marries someone else and that will cause flaws in their lineage. And that's why some of them have this flaw, some of them don't. And that's why a Samaritan cannot marry another Samaritan. And the Biakiva, whose this opinion is what we're following, he follows also his opinion that says, even an isur love uh, creates a mamzer. If a if if a, if a yevama uh, uh, goes ahead and marries out and doesn't with not the doesn't do yibum and doesn't do chalitza, but marries a stranger, that's an isur love. Most opinions would say isur love does not create a mamzer, but Ibakiva thinks it does create a mamzer, and therefore the Samaritans who don't do yibum or chalitza. For a married couple, when it's necessary to do Yibum Chalitza, according to, according to Rabbinic Halacha, they are, end up having a Yevamot that are marrying out. It's in Yisur, even though it's only Yisur Lav, it still creates Mamzerim. Therefore, since some families 
have this in their history. Those families will be Mamzerim. Other Samaritans don't have that. So they're not Mamzerim. And that's why no Samaritan can marry another Samaritan because they're all mixed up with some Mamzer, some, some kosher Jews. That makes it worse because they're kosher Jews. So the world of Mamzerut applies. Um, according to the Akiba, they're valid, they're valid converts. Some of them are kosher and some of them are Mamzerim. And that's why they can't marry each other. We'll see the third opinion of Yeshomrim tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.